This episode is brought to you by Wingnut Social, a digital marketing agency for interior design pros. To find out more information, head on over to wingnutsocial.com. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your design business? Then welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social, helping home professionals accelerate their success with proven industry practices and expert advice. Hello and Happy New Year. Welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social. I'm Nicole, the producer of this podcast, and I'm here to let you know that we'll be coming back with brand new episodes in just a couple weeks. Until then, we'll still be revisiting some of our favorite episodes of 2022. So enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the show. Today's guest, Meredith Huck, has only been doing interior design full-time for one year, and she's killing it. She's put some terrific systems and processes in place, and you're going to want to stay tuned and listen to her interview. Meredith founded the House of Huck, terrific name, in 2020 as a passion project and has since turned her business, of course, into a full-time career. She's a mother of two toddlers in coastal Connecticut. She was sweating just like I was, and she enjoys working with clients that are open to different ideas and concepts and trusting her her, right? Trusting her. She knows what her ideal client is alongside the process as she creates beautiful spaces that focus on functionality and timelessness. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Meredith Huck to the show. Hey there, Meredith Huck. How the hell are you? I'm getting deja vu. Are you? Maybe. I'm so good, Darla. I'm very hot though. How are you? Oh my gosh. Heat wave. I am hot and not in a, you know, I'm sexy and I know it kind of way, but I'm literally sweating. In like a 99 degree outside kind of way. I know it's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. You want to hear something crazy? My sales manager, Shasta Ballard, who's amazing, by the way, shout out to Shasta. She's in Arkansas. And I want to say she said that they have 115 temperatures there and they're, they're suggesting they run their AC at 85. Is that a thing? Are you serious? How I ignorant guess. of me that I guess I didn't even know that Arkansas was like that hot. <laughs> But I literally, yes, yesterday, we're walking across the street with the best neighbors ever, and they let us go in their pool whenever whenever we want. And my son had been talking about Texas earlier in the day. I'm like, Landon, this is why we don't live in Texas. Like, it is so hot right now. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, enough about the weather. If you're tuning into the show, Meredith and I actually have done this before, but the microphone settings were wrong. So, we're going to do it again. Yay! Practice makes perfect. <laughs> So Meredith, I, I did tell the listeners that you just founded House of Huck in 2020, and you're off to a rip-roaring start. You're already booked out. You have clients. So we're going to have an organic conversation about how the hell you, you managed to do that, what you've learned so far in your two short years of being in business as a full-time interior designer. Let's just dig in. Let's start with that. So 2020, right? You founded House of Huck, which your Instagram is super awesome, by the way. I love it. I'm a big fan. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. And that's a uh, high praise coming from a market. Right? I know. <laughs> Pinch me. <laughs> You're doing really well. So talk us through that. What were you doing before and what made you decide to become an interior designer? Why are you crazy like that? And let's dig in. Insane. I know. So like so many people, I just enjoyed decorating and designing in my own home and whatnot. Founded House of Huck in 2020, but actually, fun fact, did not go full time until July 7th, 2021 which at the time of this recording is almost exactly a year ago. So I had spent 13 years in corporate software sales, loved it, 
did well, President's Club, promotions, bonuses, like all the things. And I would have had to be absolutely insane to leave that, not just financially, but the stability and the flexibility. And, you know, if anyone here listening is in some sort sort of sales role, generally speaking, if you're hitting your numbers, no one cares what you're doing. Just keep hitting your numbers. So having that flexibility of being able to, you know, go to my son's baseball game or pick up my daughter early from school was wonderful and came to a bit of a crossroads again this time last year and just said, YOLO, let's give it a go. I happened to have my real estate license as well. And I, the market was really turning. I thought, okay, I'm going to do this full time. I'm going to leave corporate software sales. The worst that can happen as I suck. And in three years, which would be when my daughter starts kindergarten, my son will be going in two years, my daughter in three years. I said, if in three years, I'm not successful, I'll go back to corporate. I will do amazing, wonderful. I know a bajillion people that would be more than happy to have me join their software sales team. And I was sharing that I have my real estate license because I figured, you know, maybe for the first six months a year, I'd really hustle on the real estate side so I could have that financial stability while I'm like learning and growing my design business. Well, I sold one house. That was it because people were not knocking. They were banging at the door, just wanting, Hey, I'm renovating my kitchen. Hi, I'm looking to do an addition. Hi, I have two bathrooms. I'd like to renovate. I want to furnish my living room. So I just started focusing quite heavily on that. I will tell you in, so this was July, about two months in, I hired a consultant, Katie McFarland from Dakota Design Company. Oh yeah, she's an upcoming guest. Which I'm so excited to listen to. She actually spilled the beans and told me that. Cannot recommend her enough. She really just, again, coming from that corporate background and really thriving off organization and routine and schedules and SOPs, um, standard operating procedures. I, I needed that and I lacked it and I didn't have a boss to tell me what to do, when to do it, what deliverables needed to be met, et cetera, et cetera. So once I really organized myself, I thrive off routine. My three and four-year-old will tell you that I thrive off routines. I just need to know what's coming next. And that's so important also translating over to my client base, not to digress too much, but aside from a beautiful design, my second goal is for them to never feel like they have to ask questions. They're welcome to, I want them to, but I don't want them to leave a meeting going, huh? Okay. So when do we pay her? Okay. So what's that? Okay. So when is that bed coming? Okay. Does it come to me or is it going to hurt? Who's installing the light fixture? That was a bit of a turning point just two months into me being full-time hiring Katie and really getting those SOPs standardized, not to be redundant there. Okay. So there's a lot to dig into there. First thing that I want to ask you is, okay, so you've been full-time for almost literally a year, right? As we're recording this. So you decided to go full-time because you were getting the bookings. You were getting, which is how, how I did it with my interior design firm. I started part-time, started getting the bookings and said, screw you, police department, I'm going full-time. How did they hear about you? How did they get wind that you were doing interior design? How did you begin marketing yourself to start? Which can I just say, I always think like corporate software sales to design, like what an insane transition. (laughs) Yeah. I'll just leave yours at there. Oh my God. (laughs) Amazing. But anyways, how did I get those bookings? So little wingnut social is important plug social media. I got in front of the camera, which I know is hard, but you have to do it. I got in front of the camera. People 
learned a little bit about me and my life. I, I show like 10% of my life, maybe five. I try not to show too much of it, but I just had a discovery call last week and the gal that I was meeting with was like, oh my gosh, Meredith, I, I feel like I know you. And is that not the ultimate compliment when you are putting yourself out there? Like that is what I yes. want. I had someone at a birthday party in, in uh, last month in June come up to me and say, are you House of Huck? Oh my gosh, I follow you on social. <laughs> and that is just so important. I love that. I can't tell you how many of our clients get that. They get flagged down at their son's baseball games and say, oh, are you, you know, so-and-so I follow you on Instagram. And then they, <laughs> it's so, it's so important because also like, even if they, that person doesn't need design help, like they might know someone who does. And when that other someone who doesn't follow you says, oh, Sally, I'm just looking for a designer. Sally will say, oh my God, I, I know someone, even though Sally really doesn't know me. So my business, even today is about 95% from social media. And the reason right now, which I'm okay with, I don't have a ton of like current clients referring me is because Darla, I went full-time last year. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have many finished projects. I just sent my very first goodbye packet on July 1st. Um, and we're recording this on like July 25th for those that are listening later on. So there hasn't even been an opportunity to say, oh, Meredith completed this mm -hmm. beautiful kitchen. So that's really why the, the social media, specifically Instagram, a couple on Facebook, but why that's so important. And you know, you can get creative too, like in your community. I'll give you an example. Sure. I, on my birthday, House of Huck's birthday on July 7th, I did a scavenger hunt on social media. So I chose five local businesses in the town that I live in. Just wanted to say thank you so much to the community. You've been so supportive. I, I got uh, gift cards and I hid them around town and I did a little riddle. I posted it on my social. And in order to find the gift card, you had to follow me on social. And then you found the gift card and then you tagged me in the post. And that got me a few followers. And I actually just got a request for a design day. Somebody said they saw the scavenger hunt and just really need some help with spatial planning and a couple more furniture elements. Could I help? So I think that's important too, really getting involved with, with the community. What a terrific idea. You are the absolute first interior designer that we have interviewed that has incorporated scavenger hunts as <laughs> a marketing plan. I love it. It was really fun. A girlfriend, a girlfriend of mine and I were trying to come up with the rhymes. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a very good rhymer, but we did it. Okay, so I have to ask you the obligatory question, full transparency, you are not a wingnut social client. There are interior design coaches out there who are saying that um, you are not going to get business from Instagram or social media. What would you say to them? <gasps> it's true. It's I know it drives me. It, so you can see my brain matter exploding on the YouTube channel. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's insane. I could not. What? No. I, again, 90. Mm -hmm. You're crazy is what I'd say. You're lying. It's I think it's almost malpractice. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because that's how I make my living. I think it's just it's egregious. You know what? I have plenty of I have a girlfriend in um, Westport, Connecticut. So a very nice town here in coastal Connecticut that isn't really on social. And she is booked like two years out. So I think it's important also to recognize. So I want to sell, for lack of better words, how I buy. Mm -hmm. 
if I am going to purchase something, so a grocery delivery service, um, that's something I was just looking at last night, or maybe some shoes, or I'm looking for a landscape architect right now. The first place I go is Instagram. I want to see what kind of social presence you have. I want to see your beautiful portfolio. I want to see testimonials for, again, your grocery delivery service, whatever it may be. So that's why it's so like my ideal client is on Instagram. My ideal client isn't looking through the newspaper to find an interior designer. My ideal client isn't walking the boardwalk at the beach, asking people. I don't know why I just said that. That was a weird example, but they're on Instagram. So that is why it's so important to me. Another thing about Instagram too is my family time is very, very important to me. When I am with my clients, Darla, I am with my clients. I am not on my phone. I'm not checking my emails. I'm not answering my phone. I mean, if daycare calls, that's like the only reason why, yes, I will answer in case there's an emergency. But other than that, I am with you, my client. Similarly, when I am with my family, I am with my family. There is no interior design emergency that is more important than where I am at that moment. Nothing has come in yet and nothing will ever come in that can't just be handled in a couple hours when I'm available or the next day when I'm back at work. So that social also allows me to show to my clients that from nine to four, Monday through Thursday, and by appointments on Friday, I am working on design. After that, I am with my family. So that's kind of like another important reason why I think social media is so important because they can see how you work, what type of worker you are, when you work. I have a girlfriend who works Monday through Sunday, seven days a week. And she shows that and she's in New York and she's on the train and she's documenting that. So clients go to her and expect her to work on the weekends and expect her to do a presentation at eight o'clock at night. And that's wonderful. That works for her. That doesn't work for right. me. And you'll see that if you follow me on social. So it sounds to me like you have a lot of your together. <laughs> oh, well, thanks. Because you have the boundary set for your mindset in just a year in full time for your interior design business. I love that. I still don't have that boundary. So Dakota Design, how long was it that you were into your business, either part time or full time before you decided to seek the advice of an interior design coach? So like a month in, I was like, okay, this is just not working for me. This like chaos. I will say okay. though, because Katie is so wonderful. It's so amazing. She I had to wait three months. And there were points, totally. There were points where I was like, I don't have three months. Like I have these three projects that are happening now and I don't know what's next. It was totally worth it though. It was absolutely worth it. I can say that I have gotten my money back tenfold just in the projects that I now have. Um, I set minimums, design fee minimums or room size minimums. I now feel more confident respectfully turning down opportunities that don't best suit my needs. I even had somebody, it was a really amazing opportunity for a project, but they needed to start like yesterday. And I could just tell it was very like, we need you on all the time. Desperate. Yeah. And that's again, I know designers that would love that opportunity and would do amazing in that opportunity. That just doesn't work for me. So I declined. I said, you know, I don't think this is going to be a good fit. So when 
Peanut Social has been making quite the mark with our full-service social media marketing services for interior designers and adjacent verticals. But did you know that we also offer search engine optimization? Search engine optimization is how you get found on the Googles, how your ideal client sees you when they're typing in interior designer in Miami, Florida. You want Susan McNugget's interior design to pop up. And there's a way to do that to optimize your website on both an off-page and on-page way, ongoing SEO with link building and blogging and all kinds of good stuff. And yes, we do all of that for you. And that's one of the most impactful ways for you to be found in an organic way by your ideal client. And even if you're doing ads, Google ads, pay-per-click ads, if your website is optimized and up-to-date in a healthy SEO way, you're going to be paying less for your ads because it's all about quality, baby, and getting found by your ideal client and offering that great experience on the Googles. So head on over to wingnutsocial.com. Check out the SEO audit. That is where everything SEO at Wingnut starts. We'll go in and we'll do a deep dive on your website and see what's broken and how to fix it. And you can get our recommendations for what ongoing SEO would look like moving forward. So you sound to me as I'm listening to you as an interior design firm that has been in business for like 10, 15, 20 years from all this. So you definitely got a head start in some of those business practices to build a successful interior design firm, project minimums. Did you raise your hourly after your coaching or did you already start high? Because I know I started embarrassingly low. Oh, yes. I probably didn't start as low as most people would because just because I have that sales background. I know my time is money. I know what I can do. But what I did, so I was doing flat fee and Katie asked me like, okay, like walk me through that. Like why this fee? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) So now that I one have worked with her and then two have some completed or almost completed very large renovations under my belt, I'm able to say, okay, a kitchen takes about 66 hours. And if I back my hourly rate into that, this is what my design fee is going to be. I build flat fee. Um, I build out a scope of work, anything outside of that scope of work, which potentially could be more hours ticking, um, a pivoting to the project, a fourth revision would be billable. But I like, again, as a consumer, I like a flat fee because if I had hired an interior designer and I know I'm sounding redundant, but like different strokes for different folks. But if I hired an interior designer and they were billing me hourly, I feel as though I'd be like, Ooh, I don't want to reach out to Darla because like, that's, I probably can just figure this out on my own. Or I don't want to ask for this because you know, that's more hours or I really, really, really want to change my countertop, but you know, I'm already over budget. And then if I ask her to source again, that's another four hours. So I'm not going to do it. So because as a consumer, I don't love the hourly rate. I have chosen to bill flat fee. Yeah. And I think it's important because I don't know if you heard my episode with David Primer on sell the way you buy. That's a huge selling philosophy. And clearly, I'm sure you are very good at your sales job if if you even sold that way. Because there's a lot of um, back and forth on should I do flat rate? Should I do hourly? Should I do flat rate? And that's what I settled on as well with Darla Powell Interiors is I did a flat fee. Um, after getting my ass handed to me in the beginning before I figured that out. And then yep. 
Oh, I worked for like four cents an hour on my first project. <laughs> yeah. And if you didn't, are you even a designer? <laughs> right. Anything outside of that scope, I charged hourly. So that's, that, that was kind of like a little um, a buffer there. So since you've only been in business one year, what are some of the challenges that Meredith Huck is facing um, that you still are, are trying to learn and address through or some of the mistakes that you would advise anyone listening out there really early on in their career or even you know, later to avoid or what are you dealing with now? Right now, I think I'm dealing with, it's a great problem to have. I am not complaining. I am getting way too many requests for the perfect client, the large first floor renovation, um, a custom build, a kitchen gut job. And they're so much fun. And I don't want to say no, or I don't want to say, oh, sure, we can book for June 2023. I'm getting a little bit better at saying, absolutely, this is something Katie had taught me. So I'll take the discovery call. I'll explain my process. I require 50% design fee deposit um, at contract signing. And then we might not be like the next time we speak might not be for like nine weeks. And you know that, of course, I set those expectations. I'm not just like, give me your money. All right, we'll talk soon. (laughs) And then I have, yeah, and then I'm like sending a little gift. I'm sending a note in the mail. I'm sending an email like of how excited I am. I give them some homework, a questionnaire, a Pinterest board to like fill the gap of those nine weeks, for an example. But I'd say right now that is something that I, I don't know if struggling is the right word, but like, this is fun for me now also. So I don't want to say no to things that would be fun and do spark joy and bring happiness. Well, that's great to hear. I love that you're seeing joy and having fun with this chosen career as well as the success. Are you thinking of uh, scaling or delegating or hiring out? What is that looking like? I really, really do not want to. Okay. There are some, so this is like the business back end. There are some benefits of being a sole proprietor that you just can't get if you have a team. Granted, there are also probably some great benefits if you have a team versus being a sole proprietor. I, right now in this stage of my life with two toddlers, my husband travels full time. I mean, we were looking at the calendar. He was home, including weekends for four days in June. So just with the chaotic life, I guess, maybe you could say that I live, I don't have the capacity to teach isn't the right word, but take care of, oversee, manage maybe other people. So what I have been doing um, that has worked very well for me is outsourcing. So whether that be like a virtual assistant or, I mean, you could think of even Katie, like, could I have maybe not hired Katie full time, but like, could I have brought on a consultant or a somebody to manage the operation side of my business? Sure. But instead I decided to outsource that. And I went to Katie and I became Katie's client. Um, I have someone that does my renderings. Again, I mentioned a virtual assistant actually for an upcoming project we have, I've just hired outsourced, but hired someone to do the sourcing aspect. So when I look at it from that perspective, I think I'm doing a little bit better of a job delegating, but like I'm your typical like type A OCD control. So <laughs> is that something you can see yourself doing down the road? Let's say three, four or five years down the road. Do you always want to just keep be a one woman show, essentially delegating the virtual stuff? I think TBD because I can't conceptualize have like what a life would be like with like kids in school full time or like maybe my husband home more than he is today. So um, I'm not really sure. But right now in this stage of our life, it just wouldn't 
wouldn't work. But yeah, never say never, right? So when HGTV calls tomorrow, what are you telling them? <laughs> Where can I sign? That honestly, I'm I'm not too I'm not too bashful or prideful to say that is a goal of mine. Absolutely. I actually have a friend. Um, his name is Barry. He's half of the Brownstone Boys. They are a successful project management and interior design business in Brooklyn, um, New York. He and I worked corporate, corporate sales together and he left on a Tuesday. I left on a Thursday. I did one more round at corporate. He went full time after that, that job that I'm referring to and has been fortunate enough to be on Good Morning America. He was on the Magnolia Network. Um, I think it's called a designer point of view, something like that. But it has really opened up other doors for him, brand sponsorships and partnerships and whatnot. So that is something that I hope one day House of Huck can achieve. So the next thing to delegate would be your social media marketing. Got it. <laughs> uh, yep, right. Sign me up. Well, I'm, I was going to say, put me on your email list, but I'm already on your email list. We do have clients who have done that. Just saying, just saying, just a little. That's amazing. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about, we've talked about everything that you've done right. And it seems like you have a good head on your shoulders. You know what you want. You know how you want to do it. And you make no apologies for doing it the way you want to do it, right? So tell us about some of the mistakes that you've made in starting this very, very new design firm. So the interior designers listening can uh, not make these same mistakes. So one thing, um, I don't know if it's necessarily a mistake, but something I definitely could have done better is everyone told me, don't buy retail, go wholesale. And I thought... It would just be a lot easier to go to the Crate and Barrels, the Pottery Barns, Restoration Hardware, Our House, all those fun spots. And a large portion of my revenue for this first year has come from the margin that I make on furnishings. And I think that's important. It's not just the design fee. It's also the revenue stream from the furniture. So if you can open up wholesale accounts with different wholesalers purchased directly from them, the margin is much better. You can pass on some of that discount to your clients also. Um, I never, ever, 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 I don't, I assume most designers don't, but I don't charge above MSRP. But there are some wholesalers that, let's say the chair is $1,000, I can buy it for $500. If I give it to my client for $780, they're thrilled, and so am I. Um, so I'd, I'd say that is something that I think is very important. The next thing, like a personal mistake that I have made, I mentioned to you that I no longer accept those jobs that are like so demanding and we don't want to go by your process and um, I need something yesterday and can you help with this? I just don't have the time. I did accept a job last, I want to say it was November, so about nine-ish months ago. That my husband, when I, I actually shared with my husband before we signed the contract, he was like, I don't know, Mayor, that sounds like it's going to be a problem. Well, I'm also not too bashful here to share that they eventually asked me for a refund. So we went through the process. I finished the design presentation. We left. They were, I will never forget the wife was like, she had the rug and was like petting if you're just listening, you can't see me, but like petting the rug. She loved it. Oh my gosh, you nailed it. This is perfect. A week passed and in my contract, you have a week to get back to me if you need any revisions for a couple of reasons. One, things go out of stock. Two, I can't just sit and twiddle my thumbs and wait for you to come back six, six months later. Like I do have 
other clients. And then three, there's this high after the presentation and the longer, the more time in between that high. And when you get back to me, the more time like, well, I don't know, maybe I'll change my mind. So anyways, long story short, four weeks later, they got back and just said, Hey, you know, we've been thinking about this and we're just not sure we want to spend this kind of money. We don't think we want to move forward anymore, but we're not really sure. So can you give us some more time? So I said, okay. And I think it was two months after that. Hadn't heard from them. I got an email. We'd like a refund. Hmm. For the design fees? For the design fee. Yeah. So I apologize. No purchasing was made. It was just the design fee and everything per the contract, though. I'd never want to be the person that's like, well, per section C of the contract, but seriously, per the contract, I executed what I was supposed to execute. I had said no initially to the refund. And then I decided for a few different reasons that I would consider it. And I think what I learned there was I knew before we signed the contract that this just, it wasn't a personality fit. It wasn't a process fit. They were requesting meetings at nine o'clock at night. They were requesting weekend meetings. They requested, they wanted to go. Actually, they did go into a showroom, a designer only showroom in New York city without my blessing. They told the people, they gave the people my name, said that I approve. There was some miscommunication. Yeah. So I think... That's my long-winded way of saying, like, listen to your gut. I appreciate you're new and you want to take every single job. And I also did. And I would just say there are some that just aren't worth it. Yeah, it's always important to listen to your gut. So what were some of the the red flags when just going into the contract with them were just they wanted you at every at the drop of a hat? Yep. Before even signing, one of the questions was, do you pass on your discount Mm. to other clients? Now, that's not always I appreciate if somebody just asking, right? Mm -hmm. But it's something to note. Yep. So everyone's different. Mm -hmm. You're not hiring me to save on your sofa. Like you're not just hiring me to have access to trade accounts. You're hiring me as a professional, as the expert to design this space, livable luxury, functional home, but still beautiful and whatnot. So for you immediately off the bat, just to ask, Hey, do we get your discounts? That was a red flag. They, before we again, signed the contract, They had a billion questions, which that's fine. I get it. Even though like my process is tight and they probably should not have had questions, but they weren't reading things. So I have my contract, which I get is like legal jargon, but I also have a let's work together document. And in that document, it basically states, this is a mutual partnership. Like I am not just working for you. We need to mutually find this beneficial. Here are some tips and tricks. One thing is like after the design concept has been approved, get off Pinterest, get off Instagram, stop looking for inspo because now I'm going to work and now I'm spending hours sourcing for you. So when you three weeks in pivot and say, Oh, I know I was thinking like I wanted a wood bed, but these upholstered beds from studio Mickey are just stunning. What about that? That changes everything. (laughs) So that's in there. Something is communication. And this couple kept asking to speak with me pre-contract signing. Hey, how does nine o'clock sound on Tuesday? Any chance you can meet at eight o'clock in the morning on Saturday? (laughs) Right? Like, hello. (laughs) So, you know, some of those red flags um, came up that I was just so excited. And I said, I didn't care to. Honestly, the request for the refund and severing the relationship 
mutually, I, I agreed to it, was for the better. Sometimes it's just to cut off that and just to let, make it go away. Sometimes I have done that as well. I have done that. And just to make it go away and be like, you know what? Uh, I should have listened to my gut in the beginning. <laughs> this is on me. It was the only client I had that I like would, would come home from a meeting and my husband, Jim, <laughs> would be like, are you okay? I'm just like, oh, they were just, <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, so listen to your gut. I think that's so important. And this is going to sound like a really silly, this will be my last kind of suggestion, but Darla, be kind. It is so important to just be kind to others and understand that I get a lot of people that slide into my DMs to ask questions, whether it's like a potential client asking design questions or an interior designer wanting to know how I did something. And I was there once. Heck, I'm still there in some situations. And I just think it doesn't take any more effort to be kind to people than it does to be a jerk. So like, why not just be super duper kind? I love it. That's terrific advice. All right. Now I have to ask you if you're ready for the What Up Wingnut round. I was born ready, Darla. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? But it was on sale. (laughs) You're stuck on a deserted island. You can have your one favorite food forever. What's it going to be? Oh my gosh. It's a combo food. So technically it's two, but it is a homemade cookie and ice cream from the juice bar in Nantucket. Cookie dough, if we're being exact. That's very specific. Okay. Uh, respect, respect. Last but not least, please recommend a book that has impacted you either personally or professionally. Profit first. And you're going to kill me. I forget who the author is. If we can put it in the show notes, that would Mike be McCallowitz, wonderful. Mike Michalowicz. Yes, yes, yes. Him. It's like behind me, actually, if you need <laughs> me to grab it. But that's so important. Yeah. The back end of your business and the finances. I just interviewed him. That was a terrific show. He has a new book coming out. Wait, is that live yet? No, it won't be live. Oh, I was going to say, no, you did not. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I stopped you. You're right. right. (laughs) I did, though. I did. I really did. I had a fangirl moment. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't wait. (laughs) So Profit First by Mike McCallowitz. I even relayed to him that interior designers are so grateful to him for that book. Oh, my gosh. You have no idea. Yeah. Meredith Huck, please tell the audience where they can go to find out more about you, and we will call it a day. Awesome. Okay. So I am all about that Instagram life. As you heard, so you can find me on Instagram at House of Huck or my website, houseofhuck.com. We have a bunch of free resources on there. Sign up for the newsletter and spoiler alert. We have a really fun course for new designers coming out soon. Little teaser there. Oh, wait. Okay. I want a little bit more of a teaser for that. What's that going to be about? So there are many wonderful courses and consultants out there that I found that will help you once you've started your design business. I felt like this market lacked. It's still my side hustle. I want to go full time. How do I do it? What do I do? How do I get a photographer for free to take pictures of my portfolio that I don't even have? So we talk through things again, like pitching, swapping marketing for product or service. We talk a little bit about building a portfolio without a portfolio. So how do you get professional pictures if you literally have zero projects to show? And we talk about a little bit of the back end stuff, how to set your like the actual LLC business part up, which took me like, I don't know, 700 hours to figure out before I finally did it. So yeah. That sounds amazing. And let me tell you, there is a need for that in the interior design space. So guys, be sure to go and follow Meredith so you can get those notifications. Meredith, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, Darla. This was wonderful. You've reached the end of this episode of Designed by Wingnut Social. 
But that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 786-206-4331 to see how we can help take your business from meh to amazing. We'll see you on the next episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, your digital marketing tightly fastened. Good boy, Mango.